Hello, Laura. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? So good. Excited for August. But finally, Leo season. Finally, Leo season. We've been begging for the season for <laughs> for months. Yes. Do you want to do a little recap about July? How was your July? Anything yes. stand out to you? Did the transits live up to their um, expectations? Yeah. So I think August is going to be such a busy month. So we have lots to cover, but. I mean, starting with July, um, I think the retrograde station was just so loud and noticeable, and we could see it a lot with the different events that were taking place. What about you? What like stood out to you? So much stood out because I was really researching a lot about Venus and the retrograde phases this season. Because I personally believed it was a time for reclaiming our feminine energy. It was a, it was a time to reclaim certain parts of ourselves that maybe we've forgotten since we were child, like children, since we were a child. And the thing that stood out to me the most was during the shadow phase, all of the trash behavior from a lot of the famous actors For example, Jonah Hill with his girlfriend and Kiki Palmer's baby daddy, just like this, um, like out, outlash or, uh, backlash towards women who are empowered doing their thing. And I guess the opposing side of it were these very insecure men, um, shaming their women publicly. Yes. And I think what really stood out with the Jonah Hill thing was that he was, it's not just like toxic masculinity, but he's using like therapy speech and like Mm -hmm. healing terms Mm -hmm. and weaponizing them. Yes. His ex girlfriend. Um, And yeah, you could just see threads of that with Kiki Palmer getting shamed for just showing up boldly and fully authentically, you know, and having fun, which seemed very Venus and Leo. Like she looked delicious at the Usher concert and her baby daddy shamed her for what she was wearing. So it just all felt very um, shadow period Mm -hmm. or Leo specifically. Yes. And then Threads was a huge thing. I remember we were talking about that when it first came out and you actually love threads versus Twitter, right? You were saying? Yeah, it just felt like safe and cozy. And I don't really know how to explain it rationally, um, but Twitter has always freaked me out. Like I get anxiety. Anytime I've ever tweeted something, I delete it like 20 seconds later. And that's not like me at all. Like, you know, on Instagram, I'll post whatever and just leave it. But on Twitter, for whatever reason, um, I've just always had so much resistance towards it. But when threads came out, I think, I mean, all of the billionaires are ruining earth and shitting on all of us, but I really wanted to stick it to Elon in any way possible because he really ruffles my feathers. Oh, and he's like spiraling. Yes. <laughs> he like rebranded Twitter to X now. Did you see yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. It's all it's all giving the 29th anoretic degree of Pluto squaring the nodes 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hold on to our power. And Zuckerberg and Elon um, were talking about having like a cage match of, you know, mm-hmm. physical fight when I think Mars and Leo was square Uranus. Yeah. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Ew. <laughs> so just a lot of um, insecure mm-hmm. white male nonsense debauchery. Yeah. The men need healing. They need to go off on their retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of that, there was a lot of um, uh, strikes going on right now as well with uh, writers, actors, I think UPS. Mm-hmm. And um, there was also a writer's strike during 2007 when Venus was in retrograde in Leo. And I don't know about you, but do you consider Hollywood to be like Leo or more like Neptunian? Or both? I think both, definitely. Um, You know, Leo is represented by the sun, the biggest planet in the solar system. Like they want to shine, they want to take up space. And yeah, it just seems to very much align with what Hollywood is. And I think the fact that we had literally um, Venus retrograde happens in eight year cycles. And So two cycles ago, like you said, in 2007, the fact that we were going through another Venus retrograde in Leo, and that is the last time that there was, uh, was it a writer's strike? Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's literally being repeated again. It's just, you can't really make up astrology and these parallels and these patterns. Yes. They say that astrology is like the the rhythm. It might not be manifested the same way, but there's a very... Uh, synchronized rhythm to this. And I do it like at a grassroots Venus and Leo is knowing your worth. And I just happened to look up how much Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney made in 2021, he made, I think, $46 million. uh, And 22 of that was from in cash, his cash bonus. And so he makes $120,000 a day. And a writer, I looked this up and the range is pretty big, but a writer for Netflix, I think makes 70 grand a year. So they're just asking for what they're worth because they are the content creators, very Leo, right? Yeah. Uh, creator, somebody who um, works for creativity. Literally, they create all the content for these streaming platforms and they're just asking for their share of the big pie. And so that also um, made me think of Capricorn, Pluto and Capricorn, like this power struggle between who has the money and who gets to have the money. Um, But can you believe that he makes $120,000 a day? (laughs) No, I I can't comprehend that. Um, I also think that this strike, it kicked off, I believe in May when, or not in May and when, or yeah, yeah. May when Pluto was still in Aquarius. So Mm -hmm. I feel like right now, since Pluto has moved back into Capricorn, the sign of, you know, consumerism and um, capitalism, or loosely, you can say that. I think that this isn't going to be resolved until we get back to Pluto and Aquarius. So I think we still have some ways to go because that's not going to, it's not going to re-enter Aquarius until January of next year. So I'm curious to see how this goes, but I think 
obviously we'll have some developments by the end of Venus retrograde since the actors joined as well. Yes. Um, and did you get to watch Barbie yet? The Barbie? I movie? haven't seen it yet. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I watched it thinking it was going to be like Barbie girl in your Barbie were like a fun movie. And it was like, we're <laughs> crying so much. Um, but what I did notice that it debuted, it debuted the day before Venus stationed and Greta Gerwig, the director is a Leo. Um, and it's a, it's a movie about women and a love letter to women and um, that we could be multifaceted beyond what the patriarchy says that we're worthy of. And I thought that was very Venus. And I remember I texted you, I was like, I'm going to see Barbie. It's so Venus and Leo. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It is. And I mean, just the style and the aesthetics are so Venus and Leo too. Yes. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, but um, it was a beautiful movie about finding like who you are beyond the illusion of beauty. Like, because Barbie's Mm -hmm. supposed to be this like perfect woman Mm -hmm. and she goes through this like heroine's journey of figuring out who she is like inside, which again, Mm. is is a retrograde story. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Um, and I think the fact that it's, it's also receiving so much like backlash from Mm -hmm. conservatives and that just feels so retrograde because it's like, really, you're going to criticize the Barbie movie. Okay. Yes. Which is so interesting how, like I've read some of those articles, they're mad because like the male characters in the movie, like the Kens is how usually Hollywood treats women, like Mm -hmm. the side pieces that support the main character, who's usually a man. So they're literally criticizing themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. It's very uh, (laughs) meta. It is. It is. Well, speaking of Leo season, you appeared on TV. I did. I did. Yes. I was on California live talking about Venus retrograde. And did you feel like a star? Like what goes into like acting as if, how did you manifest this? Well, yeah, I just started, I started honestly like working out every day. I was like, what, what would someone do if they're going to be on TV every day? Well, they probably take really good care of themselves I started doing my skincare routine every morning and night, um, reading. I started integrating new habits or things that kind of have scared me. Um, So I've been doing these like cold plunges for a little over two months now. And I do them at least two to three times a week. And that jolts my nervous system. And I don't know what it does, but it definitely resets me and just kind of um, helps me be more present and embodied and just act as if so. Yeah. Those were all definitely like really helpful things. Mm. That's like, so basically getting ready for your big moment. Yeah. Knowing that it's going to happen. Just, and I, yeah. And I watched your segment and you were such a natural. I was like, it's like, you've always been on TV. Oh, thank you. Thank (laughs) you. 
I, I guess I loved it so much. It was in a, a Hollywood green room mm-hmm. and I didn't listen to my own Venus retrograde advice because you're not supposed to switch up your physical appearance. And I had like slicked back my hair and like <laughs> wild look. Um, and I, you know, it was, it, I, it was fine, but I'm like, next time I'm going to go with just the staple. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your advice for Venus retrograde was to not change your physical appearance, but I'm dying to get a haircut. Like, I'm like, can I even wait till September? (laughs) That's what happens. I feel like, I feel like once the retrograde kicks off, you get like, I have never wanted to cover my entire body and more tattoos than I do right now, but it's like the worst time to get a tattoo. So, um, yeah, that's all aligned. It totally makes sense. <laughs> and then we had mid month, we had a pretty intense new moon in Cancer. Yes, we did. That was forming an opposition with Pluto. Yes, how how was that for you? Well, I got a tattoo as my remediation of um Pluto. And as he was giving me the tattoo, I said a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um to trust my intuition and to trust the timing of life because it's very much like the moon. And that day is when you texted me and I was on the line for the bathroom and I was so emotional that day. I just like started crying on the bathroom line. (laughs) So yeah, it was emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It was a heavy one. Um, That was the day that new moon was in my 12th house and I lost someone um, very close to me, um, a hospice patient that I volunteer with and who really just turned into a friend. Um, And I've spent like every Sunday with her since January. And um, it was just so such a literal manifestation of that moon to be in, you know, the 12th house of hospitals and closure and endings and um, yeah, the underworld, the underworld. So if any of you had an intense July 17th ish around there, um, just know we are rising from the underworld. Yes. And it was so rainy here in New York. It, it was like, you couldn't really do anything. And it wasn't like rain, like, Ooh, little mist. Like you get in like Seattle. It was like, torrential downpour hurricanes and so you can't really go outside because of the flooding and I felt like that too like feeling enclosed made cancer season feel more of like a womb space like I'm gonna be in here with my feelings yes yes (laughs) if you have a um Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius rising, you probably felt like you wanted to hide from the world. But guess what, bitch? We're the main character again. We're the main character. Oh my gosh. So August, are you ready to move to August? Are let's, you? Let's do it. Are you excited about it? What are you looking forward to? What's happening? My birthday. It's my <laughs> birthday month. So I act like a diva all month and no one can say anything about it. Um, that's what I'm most <laughs> looking forward to. Um, and there's a lot of Uranus action and Jupiter action. So mm-hmm. I just think there's going to be a lot of unexpected surprises, um, but also blessings. And I think I've become more comfortable since losing my friend in the past couple of weeks with just surrender and just like 
that control is a fucking joke. It's like made up. Humans make that up. So you're, I'm down for Uranus. I'm like, shock me. Let's see what you got. You know, (laughs) be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What about you? What are you looking forward to? Well, I love all the earth trines. I feel like with the Virgo and the Taurus and the Pluto and Capricorn, I think it's all going to solidify something. Um, I think the first week of August is going to be kind of sticky with um, certain squares and do use the yode or the finger of God. There's one in the sky for a week. Yeah. Yeah. I know about it, but I don't like, yeah. Work with it specifically. Um, I think this is a very, I, I feel like we say this every month, but I feel like this is a very critical time, especially with Pluto squaring the nodes to just slow down and pay attention because this is something that you're going to have to make a decision to act on the North node being in Aries that maybe came up in January when the sun was conjunct Pluto. Um, And so now like we're giving this opportunity to start something new because Aries and Libra and Capricorn are cardinal signs. So I think, um, a lot of us are going to feel like we have to take action, right? That's Aries energy, but you don't know what to do yet. So it's, it's about having patience to know when to act and have inspired action versus like the things you make up in your mind because you're afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the nice thing about August is that Pluto is making some gentle connections. We don't, we don't have any other cardinal planets ready to fuck with Pluto. And so Mm -hmm. we're making some supportive connections. So that usually leads to moments of feeling empowered, witnessing your own growth and transformation. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that, Mm -hmm. but August 1st, the first day of the month is quite a whammy. Mm -hmm. We've got Aquarius Mm -hmm. at nine degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to say the aspects? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the full moon in Aquarius on August 1st is, is really interesting because it's forming a pretty close square with Jupiter and Taurus. Jupiter is the planet of abundance and growth and luck. And, but because the moon and the sun are involved and that is our inner self and our outer world, Jupiter can also kick up big emotions. So there's possible for incoming opportunities. Um, I would see this almost as like a important turning point regarding our own personal growth and our beliefs and our dreams. Um, so it feels expansive, but it also feels a little emotional in some way. Um, and it will, the moon and the sun will be forming kind of a wider square with Uranus and Taurus. So that could lead to some surprises along the way as well. What I think is a little interesting about this moon is we obviously have a lot of big energy and we'll have big feelings, but the ruler of the moon, it's always important to look at the moon is in Aquarius. What is the planet that, um, you know, the moon is answering to, and that's going to be Saturn and Pisces forming an opposition with Mercury and Virgo. And that feels serious. That feels like, um, focusing on our responsibilities, receiving news that feels constricting or limiting or even disappointing in some way. 
Um, yeah. So I think that there's going to be this contrast of energies. Yeah. When I saw this, it reminded me of wanting to have hot girl summer, but then being thrown back into your reality and being like, wait a minute, I don't have the money. I don't have the funds. I don't have what I need, what I personally need in resources or whatever it is in order for me to have my moment in the sun mm-hmm. or like wanting to do something, but can't it. Yes. Yes, exactly. It makes me think like, okay, maybe you get some really good and exciting news, but then immediately you're hit with like, Oh shit. How am I going to practically make this happen? How am I going to fund this? How am I going to, or, or just realizing like, okay, my dream is actually happening. Now I really have to fucking step up and commit. And it's going to require a lot of responsibility. Yes. Um, so that could be cute and exciting, but you know, mm-hmm. just also a little, a little somber and serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, also because uh, Saturn's in retrograde. So I feel like something is not, you can't like move forward with something. So you have to like think and contemplate before you can take action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius placements between, I don't know, five or 15 degrees, you're going to want to pay attention to this full moon because you'll feel its energy the most intensely. And it's also bringing us back to the new moon that took place at the beginning of the year on January 21st at one degree of Aquarius. So you can think about whatever intentions or what were you focused on around that time? What seeds were you planting? This could be a moment of ripening or coming to fruition or realizing what you have to release and shift. Mm-hmm. Hit it. Yes. Uh, we also, ha- it's a super moon and we also have another full moon at the end of the month. So we have two full moons this month, which I think the second one they call a blue moon. When you have like in the same month. Yeah. 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 And August 1st is a busy day because then we also have Mars and Virgo forming a trine with Jupiter and Taurus. Mm -hmm. So 13 degrees at 13 degrees. So if you have, um, you know, planets between 10 or 16 degrees um, in any of the mutable or fixed signs, this could signify, I think, courageous action forward, um, exciting progress on a goal. Um, like you said earlier, it's in that earth sign. So it's, uh, stabilizing something, building something, Mm -hmm. planning. I always think of Virgo as the planners as a way to mitigate their anxiety. Like when you have like so much, um, going through your mind, it's like to mitigate that. And the mind chatter, you can like make a plan, a step-by-step plan. And, um, I just, I really like this aspect. It's yeah. one that I'm really looking forward to actually. That's, that's a really great point. So I think on August 1st, when you blend all of these aspects together, like you're going to get some interesting news <laughs> and you might be hit with the wave of, Oh shit, how are we going to make this happen? <laughs> But then Mars and Jupiter are going to step up to the plate and kind of give you guidance um, and you can take supportive action. Yes. 
And I really like Jupiter in Taurus. I didn't think I would, but because the last couple of years, Jupiter was in Capricorn, then Aquarius and then Pisces and then Aries, it never really had like a firm grounding to grow something. So I think this is the first time it's able to actually create and Mars being the planet of action in Virgo, which I love this energy because I think you can really take steps. Um, this is such a good day to like make a plan of where to go to the future. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting the month off action packed mm-hmm. and we're keeping it up because on August 6th, the sun and Leo forms a square with Jupiter and Taurus. And this is going to be a little bit of time travel and teleporting. It's going to bring us back to a couple other transits. So if you journal, look through your journal on these dates, I'm about to say, or flip through your phone, look at your text messages, photos, emails, and kind of figure out what was going on for you around this time. Because um, I like to think of transits as threads, storylines, you know, like it's not necessarily the same exact theme, but a similar flavor. So um, on June 10th, we had Venus form a square with Jupiter. And on May, sorry, before that, May 23rd, we had Mars form a square with Jupiter. Then Venus formed a square with Jupiter on June 10th. And then Mercury formed a square with Jupiter most recently on July 17th. So if you can think back to, were there any um, similar topics or priorities around those times, it's probably going to come up again on August 6th. Mm -hmm. I have to look back. Yeah. What do you think about the sun forming a square to Jupiter? What is that aspect? Um, It kind of feels like a fame aspect. That's like the first thing that came into my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like squares always are two conflicting energies that each want their moment to shine. Right. But the, the sun is in its home in Leo. So I feel like the sun kind of um, wins out here. Um, But yeah, Jupiter and Taurus, it's like having this like big moment in whatever aspect these um, your Leo and Taurus house is. This is also going to be, so it's taking place at 14 degrees. So if you have planets or placements, this is my Virgo moon. Every time I'm like, let's make it practical. If you have, (laughs) if you have planets or placements between nine or 17 degrees of the fixed sign. So Leo, Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, you'll feel this energy the most intensely. Um, But this is our first quarter square moment from when the sun and Jupiter formed a conjunction. Now they formed a conjunction back in April, I believe in the sign of Aries. So that was, um, that's always a BFD in the sky because that's a moment of rebirth, kind of like a seeding point, a new moon moment, um, for our dreams, our belief, our wisdom, our knowledge, our relationship with our intuition. It's a really powerful time to set intentions uh, and goals. So this is a moment kind of like a cosmic course correction. You're either taking action on some of those goals, you're learning news about them, you're um, 
yeah, it's, it's related to that storyline. Mm-hmm. I love that. And the square is the first time you see something from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So August 9th, Venus and Leo will square Uranus and Taurus again. Yeah. So this happened already, right? Yes. It happened. I was just talking about this. Um, July, July 2nd. That's right. Yeah. It so you'll, you'll want to think what was going on around July 2nd, because this is a, a redo and it's taking place at 22 degrees. So if you have placements around those degrees, you'll feel it. Um, and it will also kind of re bring up what took place on June 26th when Mars formed a square with Uranus. And then on July 23rd, most recently when Mercury formed a square with Uranus. So Venus is the planet of relationships, um, values, finances. So we could experience some sort of disruption. Uh, I like to think of it as like breakthrough or break up energy. Um, if you're in a relationship and you're on stable ground, like it's fine. Don't panic. You're not going to break up like, but maybe your partner is just irritated with you or like wants more space, or maybe you do something out of the blue and wild together, you know? Um, but if you are on shaky ground, you could for sure decide to call it quits. It's one of those aspects. But now the South node is ruled by Venus. So I do. (laughs) So since the last Venus square Uranus, the South node was ruled by Mars, but now the second pass, the South node is, is Libra, which is ruled by Venus, which is the sign of relationships. So I'm not saying that people are going to be breaking up, but I think what we said last month about this aspect is you're shaking something up out of stagnancy. So whether you need to like have more sexy time or you need to like take a space or you need to like reevaluate something within the topics you just mentioned, money, relationships, worth, value, like this is the moment to um, like think back from the first one and kind of do something about it. The second pass or the third pass, because there's a third one coming up. Yeah. And I think that Uranus rewards taking risks within reason. So you don't want to do anything that is going to, you know, be detrimental to your existence and, you know, safety and all of comfort and all of that. But, um, but yeah, actually pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, trying something new. Um, and it could be as simple as like, going to a different grocery store that you shop at. And who knows, maybe you'll run into someone there. It's just like, you never know what's going to happen when you even alter your life path just a little bit, like Mm -hmm. go on a different hike, go um, eat different food, or I don't know. I always think of Uranus as the planet of awareness and you need awareness to create change. You need to know what you need to change. And like, I just think back to when Uranus was, quote unquote, discovered because it was a man-made object, the telescope that they were able to see, oh my God, there's a planet outside of Saturn. And so it was like an awareness, right? Because Uranus was always there. They just didn't see it with their eyes. So I think with, with these squares, 
you're just being made aware of something that you need to change. It's not necessarily that it hasn't been there. It's always maybe been there. You just have to like be aware of it. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. Now I get it. Now I can move forward. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right on the money. And then a few or no, on the same day. day. Yeah. We have Mercury and Virgo forming a trine with Jupiter and Taurus. And this is taking place at 14 degrees. Now, Mercury will be going retrograde later this month. So at this point, Mercury is already in its shadow period and the shadow period is going to start on August 4th. So you'll start picking up on some of your retrograde themes and storylines around that time. Once Mercury hits eight degrees, um, But this aspect will happen again during the retrograde. So whatever developments or progress take place today, just this is an important day to to be aware of your daily routine, especially because Mercury, I think, rules our day-to-day activities too. Mm -hmm. Yes. I often find the shadow period to be more... I guess, uh, chaotic than the actual retrograde. Um, yeah. Just cause like now that I'm aware, I, I can tell that the shadow is when the shit happens. And then the retrograde is when you're supposed to like correct those things or review those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The shadow can feel the most disruptive because then that's when your awareness mm-hmm. of what changes you need to make or are, you know, coming to fruition and it's, it can feel the most jarring. Right. But during the retrograde exactly is kind of when you course correct. Mm -hmm. And Mercury is in its home in Virgo. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that when it's in its domicile, they're more potent. Do you, do you experience that as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So communication is just in general going to flow a bit easier. Um, it's This is a great time to find solutions, get your ideas like, across, have important conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, on this day in particular, Mercury is forming a trine with Jupiter, which is the greater benefic. It's a planet of growth and expansion and hope and support. So it's very possible that you do receive some good news today. Um, but because... Mercury is going to go retrograde. It may take longer to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I would also send things on this day. Like if you wanted to write an email or you wanted to, um, I don't know, like send a love letter, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something that you want to go well, because trines are harmonious aspects. This would be a good day to do it. Yes. And there's more receptivity and understanding when we communicate with others, people are more willing to support us and we're better able to support others. Um, so it's a perfect day to communicate from your heart, to shoot your shot, to send your pitch email. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, August 13th, the sun and Leo will conjunct Venus and Leo at 20 degrees. Thank the heavens, because <laughs> this marks the halfway point of our Venus retrograde cycle. And this is also known as a Kazemi. When any planet is quote unquote, sitting in the heart of the sun, 
They're at the same point in the sky. Um, it becomes emboldened and stronger and um, gives us clarity and awareness. So it's very possible we have an important, we reach an important turning point today regarding our Venus retrograde story. Um, learn some important information. Uh, hear from people from our past. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to this aspect. Oh my gosh. Just on a side note, I keep having dreams of like old lovers and boyfriends. <laughs> so retrograde. It's happened to me too. And last night in my dream, I was like, bro, why are you in my dream? Get out of here. <laughs> I'm having dreams about old friends too, that like, um, I lost touch with. Yeah. Just it's so retrograde right now so Retrograde in the waking life or in your dream life. Mm-hmm. It's cause they know I'm not going to reach out to them in my waking life. Cause I think we <laughs> talked about this. Our fixed placements are like, bye. Yes. So I'm like trying to figure that out. The closure in my dream realm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That totally makes sense. And I think what's very interesting about this conjunction and Kazemi is that it will be forming a square with Uranus. So it's a couple degrees away, but, um, you know, they call Uranus, like you said, the great awakener. And this feels like more than just a divine download, but yes, a total cosmic reset. Yes. Um, yeah, I think this is an important day, as you said, like a cosmic reset, because it's closing out an eight year cycle from the summer of 2015. Um, and it's an inferior, I don't like the word inferior. So I put interior conjunction here, um, which means that because Venus is in retrograde, it's, um, between us and the sun. So Venus is in between us. And so it acts like a new moon. Um, So you want to set intentions for what you want to commit to for the next eight years. And what do you want to create? Because Venus is like such a lovely planet of attraction and the sun gives life to everything. And the sun is exalted in Leo. I love this. Like I circled it on my calendar for August 13th because I'm so excited for this energy. Yeah, it's definitely an important day to pay attention to. So it will bring some shock and surprises. And that's kind of the vibe for the next couple of days. Cause then yeah. it goes directly into the sun forming a square with Uranus at 22 degrees. Mm-hmm. And this is going to bring us back to August 9th. Once Venus made a square with Uranus. So again, we just, Uranus is like taking over August. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's like, it really does say something about our times as we were reflecting back on July, there are all these things that we're not happy about that we want change. And I think these hits to Uranus is like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Oh, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's all manifest and put our collective energy towards the positive change. Cause that is, that is a bright side of having all this Uranus action. And I think with the sun and Leo where it has so much dignity and it wants to shine and um, Leo's generous. I might be biased, but it's, it's a generous, big hearted sign. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to send love to everyone. Yeah. And Uranus is speaking to Venus and Venus is in its retrograde. So this is the time for us to remember our worth and our value and do that inner work mm-hmm. so that we can ask for what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think some other important things just to name when the sun forms a square with Uranus, like basic bitch definitions, um, you can have some, you can expect some disruptions to your day. Uh, it's easy to clash with people in authority, authority figures, bosses at work. Um, and again, this can be like break up or breakthrough energy, or you may be individuating in some way that surprises or shocks others. Um, good for you. We love that. We're here for that. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe you're just doing something differently or you're choosing like, this is, I feel like every month when I write my horoscopes, I'm like, or even when I do my daily podcast, I'm like, today you have like the chance to leave the past behind for good. Well, <laughs> when the sun squares Uranus, you really do. Like you can have lasting effects. You can decide to really rewire your subconscious um, mm-hmm. in a powerful way. Um, I love that because Uranus is like your electrical system in your body it's like the wiring of your body. And this is a good day to do uh, tapping or some kind of like um, affirmation to literally like create new neural pathways in your brain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then to add to the Uranus party on August 16th, we have the new moon in Leo, which is squaring Uranus. Mm-hmm. Um New moons are fresh starts, new beginnings. So you'll want to take a look at which house in your birth chart does Leo occupy. That is where a fresh chapter is beginning. But you'll also want to take a place, a a look at where Uranus is, where Taurus is in your chart, because those two areas of your life um, are stirring up some new activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What else do you think about this new moon? Um, It's conjunct black moon Lilith, which we spoke about um, with Venus stationing. It was conjunct black moon Lilith. Um, It's conjunct the Venus retrograde. And I think that all of those things is calling in feminine energy. And I, and I just say that this is like such a powerful time for feminine energy because we live in a patriarchy. And so feminine energy, at least for me, has been very elusive. Like I didn't understand what it meant to receive energy, to be in my own energy. And I think this is us reclaiming that, like understanding what that means. Yeah. I I think we may also in the headlines see some more shadowy sides of this Venus retrograde story. And, um, I think some shitty men may be exposed. (laughs) That's my vibe. Great. (laughs) Let it continue. Yeah. Especially with it conjunct black moon Lilith, um, that we spoke about this during the Venus retrograde last month, that it Lilith was Adam's first wife who didn't want to be subservient to Adam. So they, they meaning Adam and God kicked her out of the garden of Eden. And then 
Eve took up her place basically. And it's all about liberation for women. And the more liberated we become, it seems to trigger the menses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, I, I think with it forming such a prominent connection to Black Moon Lilith, this is an important time for you to um, reflect on any time that you've been shamed or made to feel small or um, especially in relationships and to reclaim your sexual power. That's what Black Moon Lilith is all about. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, when we were texting about this, um, just this kind of thread that's been going on through Venus retrograde, I was like, oh yeah, Jonah Hill. And you're like, no, no, like men. And I was like, (laughs) yes. Like, yeah, I, I think anyone who's dated a man has probably been shamed in some way, has probably had to deal with some sort of jealousy or um, just these darker issues that are unresolved in them and they get projected onto us. And so this is a really important time to reflect on any of those dynamics or storylines or moments in your life and reclaim your power and your sexuality because you're a bad bitch. Yes. I love that. It's giving dark, dark feminine energy, bad bitch era. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. No means no period. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then August 22nd, Venus and Leo forms a square with Jupiter and Taurus again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) This happened on June 10th for the first time at five degrees. Now it's happening at 15 degrees. So it's still happening in the two same areas of your chart, your Leo and your Taurus houses. But these are essentially the two luckiest planets in the sky. They bring blessings, fortune, expansion, hope, support, um, ease and harmony into our relationships. There's usually like this added desire to um, indulge, socialize. It can be, you can totally get a hangover on this day. So make sure you're chugging water if you are celebrating and partaking in any tequila shots. Um, (laughs) But it's in general, like generally it's like a a really cute and sweet day. So um, this isn't the best day to front load like, your to-do list and be like, I'm going to get everything done today. You're not, you're going to get invited to some Epic party last minute and you're going to want to go. So don't overbook yourself. I would say. Yeah. This looks like a really fun decadent day where you go out with your girlfriends or friends and you order like a very expensive bottle of champagne and oysters and like pastries. And you just like lounge. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I do think it's interesting that this aspect takes place the day before Mercury retrograde begins. So I would wonder that if you do get any good news or, you know, if there's a celebration underway, you may experience some cosmic delays, Um, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Course corrections are welcome to your periods of rest. We are here for them. Mm -hmm. Same day, Mars and Virgo opposite Neptune and Pisces at 26 degrees. This is also why I mentioned hangovers. This mm-hmm. can really kick up 
the, you know, your ability to overindulge, smoke way too much weed, like leave the dimension. So I think remaining grounded is going to be very key. Um, and Mars and Virgo to me is like, it just makes me think of anxiety and like being a worry wart and, um, yeah, just anxious thoughts and being critical with words and Neptune can be confusing and misunderstandings can take place. So this is kind of like a nebulous energy that can make us feel more sensitive to others' words and others' opinions. Um, it can also have us standing up for the underdog, um, taking decisive action towards our dream or something we believe in. But yeah, I think also I am always really low energy when Mars is opposite Neptune. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This day seems like you have this like vision for your life, but it seems really far away from what you have to do to get there. Um, because I think of oppositions as like 180 degrees where they could not be more far away from each other. And so like, and obviously I'm, I'm speaking broad strokes because this will be in everybody's like different areas of their life. So for example, for me, Neptune in Pisces is in my fourth house and it's been there since 2011. I've been looking for my dream situation of a home. Like, where do I want to live? And then Mars and Virgo is in my 10th house of career. And first of all, those houses are very far apart. Like my dream home seems very far from like the career aspects, aspirations that I have. Um, but what I need to do to get there seems very far away from um, my Neptune and Pisces dream. Uh, and I think you, I, I like what you said about Mars and Virgo being like super critical and also um, like judgmental about yourself. Like I'm not doing enough. Yes. Yes. And and totally, there can be this air of like discouragement and feeling like, oh, when is this going to happen? Maybe you yeah. learn about some really exciting news in someone else's life with Venus square Uranus and then Mars opposes Neptune and you're like, oh, what about me? Right. Like, and, <laughs> and these are all real feelings, you know, and, and it's my turn. Yeah. And I would say this, this is a day to allow yourself to move through whatever comes up. But this isn't the best day to make important decisions because you don't have all of the pieces in the puzzle um, in front of you. Neptune is a very foggy planet in general, and it makes me feel like stuff is happening behind the scenes. You just can't see it yet. So if you're feeling discouraged or disappointed in any way today, um, don't lose hope. Mm -hmm. Yes. So August 23rd, we enter Virgo season. Yes. So, you know, we're getting organized. This is a great time to clean your home using, oh my gosh, my favorite type of spell work is through cleaning. Like every time I scrub the floor, I associate it with something that I want to scrub out of my life or in my psyche. Mm -hmm. So if I'm struggling with, um, comparison or if I'm struggling with, um, whatever I'm struggling with, I just, as I'm cleaning, I literally visualize I'm wiping it away. Mm -hmm. it very yeah, I, to do that kind of spell work. 
with spell work, you want to clear first because you don't want to like call in something that's already like mucked up and um, there. You want to clear the space for it to come in. Yes. Yes. So we're getting our ducks in a row. If you think of like Virgo season for me, every time I see the words Virgo season, I think back to school. I'm like, oh my gosh, my crayon, my box, my cute little binder. Like that is Virgo season. So we're just getting organized because Virgo is a mutable sign. It's a transitional sign. And it's the last season of summer Mm -hmm. uh, before the fall equinox. So yeah, this is just a time to really um, get organized, get grounded, pay attention to your daily routines. And Virgo's biggest secret and magic is that there is magic in the mundane and like you can make anything magical and also the tiniest shifts that you make, the smallest changes lead to the biggest shifts and rewards in your life. People Mm -hmm. always think like, oh my gosh, like it's so much pressure. If I want to do this, I have to move here. I have to do that. Or it's like, no, just this is disgusting, but like start brushing your teeth every night before you go to bed. I'm Some, like, who whatever. doesn't do that? <laughs> Me, sometimes I don't do it. <laughs> Guilty, Venus retrograde in my first house. I'm working on it. Oh my gosh. And Stephanie has Venus, I mean, uh, Virgo placements. So yeah. you kind of are an expert at this energy. Yes, but making those little shifts, like once I committed to that, I started noticing all these crazy things happening in my life. So, but it, it's just the smallest things that you like avoid or don't stick with consistently every single day that you wish you did. Mm-hmm. There's so much magic in actually just doing it, doing the thing. Count to three, one, two, three, and do it. Like, don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It reminds me of that Zen quote, uh, chop wood and carry water. It's like when you do the mundane things, it takes the focus off of your like goals of the bigger goals, like the manifestation when you're waiting and you're just like keeping busy. And there's something about that, that keeps your energy moving in the right direction. Um, yeah, I, I my sister is a Virgo and I have a lot of Virgos in my life. And what I really admire about them is they're slow and steady, but they're all like financially independent. I mean, it's very nine of pentacles energy. They're very stable. They're very reliable. And um, if you think about like this season, it's when everything is like peak harvest. It's It's when all the fruits are ready to be picked. So there's something about this time of year where you've mastered something maybe, and it's time to enjoy the fruits of your labor too. Absolutely. Yeah. But don't get too excited because on the same day, Mercury goes retrograde in the sign of Virgo. So this, you know, Mercury retrograde in Virgo, I think is one of the most like basic bitch retrogrades that we could have because Mercury's um, zodiac sign that's associated with it. One of them is Virgo. Mm-hmm. So this is just the most cliche form, like miscommunications, travel delays, technology issues. Um, and the retrograde will be taking place between 
21 and 8 degrees of Virgo. So if you have planets or placements between those degrees, you'll feel it the most intensely. Um, But we've talked about this a lot. I've recently come to really appreciate retrogrades. Mm -hmm. I love Mercury retrogrades. And I love this Mercury retrograde because I think we're going to get really specific in how we do things and how we spend our energy doing things. Um, It will make beautiful trines to Uranus and Jupiter, which I love. I love that it has that support. And I think we're going to, after this retrograde, like expand in ways that we might never be able to without this Mercury retrograde. I'm like super excited about it. Yeah. I think the key here is that it's the connections it's making on its journey are supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not meeting with any of the difficult planets and yeah, it feels like something Mm -hmm. is taking shape or form. Mm -hmm. Yes. Virgo is a mutable earth sign. So it's very tangible things. Mm -hmm. I think that And I noticed this when Mercury was in Capricorn and Taurus, it was like things you could work with versus it being in like a water sign or even sometimes like an air sign. It's like um, not as tangible as earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's a good time to also reconnect to the present and to get more grounded. So if you, and just to contemplate that, like, what is your relationship with being grounded? Like how often so many people, and I've spent like the majority of my life like this, um, up until probably 2022 living in either the past or the future. Yeah. And that keeps you so far away from everything you desire. Yes. That's so true. And retrogrades, again, I hope we've said this before, they're nothing to be afraid of. It's just a time to slow down a little bit and reflect and review the re the words. Um, also, Virgo rules the intestines, which is all about your digestive system, like what you need to digest and integrate in your uh, like experience. So it is a time to take stock of your life. Yes. Yes. And Virgo is the editor of the Zodiac. So refinement, like, um, what, you know, as you move through these themes, people, topics from the past, you're refining who is worth spending your energetic investment on moving forward and Mm -hmm. what is best left in the past. And it's really a time of the reevaluation period helps you come up with better ideas for the future. So it's not like it it can feel like temporary setbacks or delays, or maybe things aren't going your way. But if you really choose to just surrender and you're aware of this period, you're aware of like, okay, the next like three and a half weeks are going to be like mildly annoying. But by the end of it, it's because something greater is, you know, going to be presented. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's just like a really healthy way to work with the retrograde. Yes. I love it. Um, August 24th, Mars and Virgo will try and Pluto in Capricorn at 28 degrees. Mm, 
this feels <laughs> like a very um, empowering aspect. I really like this. This is a very ambitious aspect. This gives you a lot of drive, but with precision because um, Mars is in Virgo. And yeah, so this just makes me think like we are going full force after Mm -hmm. something. Yes, I agree. And we spoke about Pluto and Capricorn last month of how these are the last degrees of Capricorn. And I think it's not the beginning. So I think we are in the transformative phoenixing rebirth phase. And that's, I actually really like Pluto in that way because it's slow integration. It's not like Uranus or Mars where it's like, bam, very quick. And you don't have time to like even realize what happened, but it's slow. So I think with that little activation from Mars, it's like, okay, now we can go forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're wrapping up part of the story of your Pluto and Capricorn storyline, but in a productive, encouraging way. Yes. Yeah. I think Mars and Pluto together is all about our raw power mm-hmm. and um, the ability to alchemize. So mm-hmm. I, I like this combination. I do too. Exciting developments. Stay tuned. <laughs> Um, and then August 27th, Mars enters Libra. You got to tell us about that. You're a resident Mars and Libra. So, okay. Like Mars is said to be not as cute in Libra, right? But for me, Mars in Libra is the lover, not the fighter. It's very diplomatic. It's very like taking other people into consideration before you take action, which as an Aries is kind of annoying, I have to admit, but it is a lovely energy because like Mars is the God of war, right? It's, it's all about separation, but in a Libra Venus ruled sign, it's like, maybe I just want to make love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to take action for love. Yeah. And you might be pouring a lot of your effort and energy into your important relationships. Yes. Um, this could be a really important time to set boundaries in your relationships. Um, if there are people that you want to weed out in, in your life. And I mean, let's also be real that the Mars is answering to Venus retrograde. So if people are coming into your past and Mars is the planet of severing and separation. So you, this could be a time once Mars enters Libra where you're like, no, I'm ready to take action and like, let this person know that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, but no thanks. Yes. Yeah. And Mars is the ruler of the North node. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that this is a very critical time for relationships, um, and not just romantical, they could be platonic as well, but I think relationships are definitely going to change 18 months from now, like you might show up differently than you've ever before for the better. If you like really understand your own will, your own autonomy, your own like, um, sovereignty within relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my last two Mars and Libra experiences and, and keep in mind, it's in my third house, right? So the kind of third house themes. 
Um, but my advice would be watch out for the hot goss. All right. This could be a lot of gossip, a gossipy time. Oh, gossip. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's extra important to pay attention to words or spells. Who you speak about, mm-hmm. you're creating an energetic cord. So um you want to just be more aware and careful of gossiping about others and because others may be gossiping about you. Um <laughs> This is also not a great time to rush into partnerships or contracts. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because I signed a contract with barely even thinking about it. And it was the worst job of my life. Like it actually made me suicidal. So, um, yes. So just, um, you know, not a great time to rush in, but like, it can feel like there's all this extra, um, I don't know. You can feel like there's this pressure to yes, yeah, solidify relationships and contracts, but just take your time, take your time. You have more time yeah. than you think. Also Venus is in retrograde as a professional astrologer dating. Yay or nay. Oh yeah. It's, it's sticky, especially for a single people here. Cause you're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, you know, I don't ever want to like say a transit rule something out, right. Because we have free will and yeah. stuff happens, but just be aware, be aware that if you do meet someone new, are you seeing all of them? Are they showing you you know, their true selves, like take, just take it slow, you know, um, emotionally, like getting attached. I don't mean take it slow physically. Like, I don't care what you do on the first date, but like take it slow emotionally before you get like super, super hooked and involved with someone because, um, there just could be more to come with the Venus retrograde that you're just not seeing yet. Yes. That's good advice. Then on August 28th, Uranus goes retrograde in Taurus. Mm-hmm. Um, TBH, I don't really notice much when it <laughs> goes retrograde, but I I would say that this is the first year that I paid attention to the station. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, I'd have to look back in my journal, but I, re- I remember writing about it. I remember being like, oh, I guess it showed up in this way. Um, mm-hmm. But it was more subtle to me. Mm-hmm. Um it's taking place at 23 degrees and it will remain retrograde until January 26th of next year. And it will station direct at 19 degrees. So those are the hot spots from 20 from 19 to 23 degrees of Taurus. Um, look at that area of your birth chart. Um, yeah. What do you think? Like does Uranus retrograde have us reflecting more on where we need to make changes in our lives or where we've been avoiding change? Yeah. So I think if you don't notice the Uranus retrograde, just look at your tourist house because it's been here for so long since like what, 2011 ish. Um, And so Uranus is trying to like break free of something in your, in that area of your life. For me, it's my sixth house of health routines, coworkers. This is during the time that I quit my corporate job, um, pets, 
and health health routines. Did I say health already? But it's also the house of bad fortune. So um, Uranus is trying to shake it up because Taurus is like so fixed, right? So I think um, taking this time to go inward and asking yourself, like, what do I need to, what do I need to like be aware of? Um, what do I need to understand about what's holding me back? What's keeping me feeling stuck? Mm-hmm. Do I need to like go, you know, depending on where it is in your own natal chart, like, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to learn something? Do I need to like, and also Uranus, like I said, is um, it's like we said, it's an awakening planet. So maybe trying something different. Yeah. Out yeah. of your routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incorporating something new or different, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Yes. Um, and where do you feel the most resistance to change? Because that is often the biggest indicator of what is going to like, like catapult you towards your dream life. Truly. Yes. I was, um, I was sharing with you when the first Venus squared Uranus, all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I want to go running again. And I haven't felt like that in six years. I was always a runner. I ran marathons and I just like, didn't feel like it for six years. And all of a sudden I was like, I want to. So I started to, and it was helping me like move something in my body. Cause again, Taurus is very like body. And so is Venus. Um, cause that Uranus is speaking to Venus and it was, it was also triggering like a glow up within me. Um, and glow up doesn't just mean like your physical, but as within, so without, like when you feel better about yourself, you just show up differently. Your mm-hmm. energy is different. So yeah, you could feel inspired to like do something that maybe you've done before. And now you want to like incorporate back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Something that has um, created change before, but maybe you've lost it along the way. That happened. That's happened to me so many times. And exactly like something with running, like that's a perfect example. Yeah, just like knowing the law of cause and effect, like the hermetic law of cause and effect, like you have to be the cause for the effect. Like you have to change internally for your external environment to change. It's the Mm -hmm. one of like manifestation tenants, right? So like if you can focus on something internally that you need to shift, something externally will follow. Yes. And if you start asking the universe for like signs or Mm -hmm. symbols about it, like um, it will show up. And then the more and more you see that in your reality, those signs, it's going to change your internal world and you're going to start acting as if, and then the manifestation speeds up. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, I think the main thing to know about Uranus stationing retrograde is you're going to feel it the most intensely on August 28th. Like during the whole, you know, months long retrograde, you're not going to be like, oh, Uranus, Uranus is getting me. You know, it. it's the station days that that matter the most. So August 28th, January 26th of next year, unless it's hitting your sun or your moon or a planet directly, um, it's just going to be those two days that are like the biggest deal for you. Mm-hmm. And then after Uranus, I think six or seven planets will be retrograde. Yeah. Including Chiron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so like a retrograde month. We are reflecting. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And slow down and listen to your body. The other day I had a massive deadline because I'm a really big procrastinator mm-hmm. and I woke up and I, I bef- the day before I was like, I'm going to wake up at 5am and just bust it out, you know, go, go, go. I woke up at seven and I, my body was like, no, we cannot be awake right now. And mm-hmm. so I went to bed. I listened to my body and I woke up at eight and mm-hmm. I, I got it all done eventually. But mm-hmm. that just being said, like, rest, listen to your body. Don't force. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Which is so counterintuitive to what we were taught, but <laughs> matriarchy and capitalism, <laughs> white supremacy, all the fun stuff, all the fun stuff. Um, August 30th, full moon in Pisces will conjunct, will be conjunct Saturn in Pisces at seven degrees. You already know I'm about to have the saddest sad party about this moon. Sex to Jupiter. (laughs) You already know how I feel about this moon. Okay, listen, this moon sucks. (laughs) I think it's really interesting that the month starts out with a full moon and it ends with a full moon. But this one, this one sucks. It it reminds me of March 7th. That was the full moon in Virgo that Mm -hmm. was highlighting Saturn and Pisces that blue. Um, I don't know to have the moon just so close to Saturn. That's a bummer. Um, our responsibilities feeling burdened or limited, um, having serious conversations. I would say the cutest way for this to manifest is like, you're exerting your boundaries with someone and nobody likes doing that. That's no fun. (laughs) It's necessary, but I don't really have anything cute to say about this. You're right. You're right. Wait, you said it sextiles Jupiter. That's right. That's cute. Cute. That's a cute aspect because it's the ruler of the moon. Right. Okay. Okay. Laura, give us the vibe. Thank you. But I just have no, to- I mean, honestly, you can only understand what a Saturn conjunct moon is if you've experienced it yeah. or if you have that natally. And I have to say, I'm not going to sugarcoat this one because that is really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> you just feel like you have no energy or will to like do anything. You just feel like tired and drained. Um. So like, I'm trying to like, think of a way to spin this. I do have to say though, that the fact that there are two moons, one in the beginning of the month and one at the end of the month, I do think energetically it is a, it is a month where like you have to release something at both ends of the month. Like when you start and when you end, because full moons are all about release and culmination and uh, the second blue, when you have two full moons in a month, the second one I think is called a blue moon and they're super rare and they're both super moons, meaning mm-hmm. that they are close to earth. So I do think this is going to be a very emotional month. Things are going to come up to the surface. So maybe the positive spin is like Saturn gives us some kind of stability there. Cause Pisces is a very like watery no boundaries kind of sign. And then with Saturn, it's maybe like an anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually when I was thinking about this, do you remember the first time in your life when you learned something that like untethered your understanding of life? Mm-hmm. So like 
for me, that was when I went to yoga training school in India and the teacher was talking about reincarnation, which is like a very Piscean thing. And it literally, like, I felt like my little anchor to earth just like came off. I was so triggered by this idea because I grew up Christian and we were taught that you die and you go to heaven and that's it. Like you don't repeat this stuff, but there was something in me that like knew this could be true. And it, I, it literally blew up my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like with Saturn there, it, it will help tether you to something tangible when you're like lost at sea <laughs> in Pisces. I like that. I like that a lot. That's my one positive spin again. I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. I, I do think, okay, now what I'm kind of feeling from this moon is like, some intense news happens. Maybe you have to make an important decision. Maybe you have to just do something uncomfortable because this is just a mere few days before Venus retrograde ends. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like you're really giving someone the boot once and for all, or you're, you know, you know, standing up for your worth, or you have to reject an opportunity because someone else doesn't see your worth and value and you're choosing yourself, which you should do always. Mm -hmm. The universe will always align what you say no to. I'm going on a tangent. What you say no to is more important than what you say yes to. Ooh, that's such a Saturn quote right there. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe say no, because yes. if you don't have the full body tingles, mm -hmm. doesn't feel fully aligned, the universe will go, oh, okay, gotcha, bitch. I'll get you something more, more up to speed for you. And it will send you something else that's more aligned. But if you just accept it and accept scraps, the universe is going to go, oh, cool. Okay. We got you covered. You're on autopilot now. I'll keep sending you these kind of scraps. Mm -hmm. So maybe you say no to something. Um, but then because the moon's next aspect is to Jupiter and that is a sweet planet, very sweet. Yeah. Someone, someone in your circle will show up to console you. This is a great day for try to have a real hug with someone. Mm -hmm. yeah. I really like that. And I do think we're going to hear more from our ocean friends. Oh my gosh. Have you watched the deepest breath on Netflix? No. Oh, it's the one with the free diver, right? I want to be a free diver. Yeah. I looked up schools. There's one in Monterey. I was like, I need to do this. Yeah. You're crying. But yes, yeah. the ocean will be speaking yes. on August 30th. I for sure think I, I for sure think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but I want to see that. Um, I want to see that because I've been thinking a lot about um, all of these like ocean animals, like fighting back and fighting for their home and, and like, it kind of is a mirror to us. Like we have to stand up and say no more. That's how yeah. we create change. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm here for the oceans. I'm, I'm happy to be the oceans PR person. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how like we've all collectively agreed that we're on team orcas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they're gorgeous, gorgeous, intelligent. They're, they're so much smarter than us. They're so smart and they're coming they out a little, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. I think they have little council meetings. I think they just, they do so many things that we don't know about. Yes. But yeah. that's August. That's August. 
please send in some of your stories. Let us know how these transits uh, impact and affect your life. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating on our podcast if you like, you know, everything we have to say. Uh, we just appreciate it so, so much. Have a beautiful August, everyone.